Welcome to Truly Fit, the online fitness marketplace connecting pros and clients through unique fitness business software. Welcome to the Truly Fit Podcast, where we speak with experts in fitness and health to expand our wisdom and wealth. I am your host, Steve Washuda, co-founder of Truly Fit and author of Fitness Business 101. On today's episode, I speak with Belinda Martinella. You can find her at the Traveling Nutritionist AUS on Instagram or the Traveling Nutritionist Australia.com. Belinda and I talk about her business model, which, as I'm sure you surmised from her name, is a traveling nutritionist. I am not supposed to pick favorites here, and I'm not telling you this was my favorite conversation I've had during my podcast ventures, but it was certainly top five. Belinda and I go over the requirements in Australia to give nutrition advice, if any. How did she decide to make this business a traveling business instead of a brick and mortar? What are the benefits? What are the downsides? Could this be replicated in fitness, whether group fitness or personal training? And then she walks me through her client experience from start to finish. We finish talking a little bit about actual nutrition, not just business models, and we go over microbiome testing and how that goes about in her business and why that is important. It was a fantastic conversation. I can't wait to speak with Belinda again down the road. Again, Belinda Martinella. You can find her at the Traveling Nutritionist AUS on Instagram and all the links associated with it will be there. With no further ado, here is Belinda. Belinda, thank you so much for joining the Truly Fit Podcast. Why don't you give the listeners and the audience a background on who you are and what you do in the health and fitness industry? Great. Thank you, Steve. It's, it's really great to be here and thanks for having me on the show. So as you mentioned, my name is Belinda Martinella. I'm a clinical nutritionist. I have a Bachelor of Health Science in Nutritional and Dietetic Medicine, and I've been in the health and fitness industry for the past 10 years as both a personal and specialist trainer and then a clinical nutritionist. And people often ask me why I chose nutrition, but if I'm honest, it really did choose me. Um, I actually worked in the performing arts industry initially. So my first university degree was a Bachelor of Arts in Musical Theatre, but I feel that's almost an entirely different episode, Steve. So, um, But during university and performing professionally in the industry, I was faced with so many challenging truths, well, not even truths, but more like challenging criticisms when it came to aesthetics, you know, my body shape and my body weight. And it was this that really ignited my nutrition curiosity. You see, I thought I was doing everything right when it came to being healthy, you know, dieting, calorie restriction, excessive exercising, but I always wondered why I wasn't seeing the results. And now I've always loved exercise, so I decided to work as a personal trainer in between performance contracts. And this is where my curiosity turned into a full-blown desire to just know. Day after day when I was working in a PT studio in Melbourne, Australia, I'd see my clients put in the work, but they really struggled to see the results. And my question was always, why? So naturally, I turned to medical literature, peer review studies, books, you name it, anything that I could get my hands on. And this is what gave me this push to hit the books and go to university and sort of here we are. So um, it's the biological underpinnings really of the human body and of food that's my passion. I love to see how these two can come together as both a tool for prevention and as a treatment. So in my clinic, I specialise in weight management from a non-diet perspective, uh, as well as women's health. 
sports nutrition, children's health, and pretty much everything in between. Uh, I'm really passionate about a non-diet approach to weight management. I also host education seminars to really empower people to take their health into their own hands and start to implement nutrition plans that actually work. You know, to me, nutritional healthcare, it's a human right. It's not a privilege. So I like to offer a range of tools that are easily accessible for everyone, no matter their background or budget. So uh, I think that's about it for me, Steve, nutritionist, uh, special exercise trainer. Uh, I do a bit of radio presenting. I've written an ebook. Uh, I also do a podcast, but I'm also a very proud advocate for healthy at every size. So in a nutshell, I think that's that's me. <laughs> Fantastic. There's obviously a, a lot to unpack there. I want to bookmark a few things. You talked about sort of a non-diet approach to dieting. I want to get back to that. So let's bookmark that. But I actually want to touch on your theater background. I think that's really interesting because being in this space, being in the podcast space, being in this new realm of online, you need a presence online, whether you're in fitness or health or nutrition, any of these things, and you almost need a new personality or, or you need to accentuate certain things about your personality to, to really grow in this industry. And I think having a theater background must be, you know, a huge leg up for you. Oh, definitely. It it certainly helped. I think all of those um, elocution lessons and all of the all of the uh, dictation and things like that that we learned along the way was really beneficial. Um, But I think, too, I totally agree with you. And especially probably now in the past couple of years where it's been really important to have an online presence, um, you obviously gain experience through doing that as well. But I can definitely um, I can definitely attribute at least uh, the, the three years of study that I did in performing to, I guess, the confidence. Um, that I have as well, sort of, you know, having that presence online. It's always great to have somebody who works both in the fitness realm as a personal trainer, but then also handles the dieting side from more of a science-based approach, right? Somebody who actually has uh, a degree and the proper credentials to give that because, you know, and I can only speak for America and, and I want you to sort of expand on what's going on where you are, but we as personal trainers really are not supposed to be legally allowed to give specific dieting advice for money. So it's not like I couldn't, for instance, I'll give you a scenario. It's not like I couldn't tell my client, Hey, I really think post-workout, uh, you know, you shouldn't be eating that pizza. Let's make sure you have chicken and rice like that you can do, but I shouldn't be writing out full diets and charging for them as a personal trainer. Now, with that being said, there really is no repercussions. There, there is no nutrition police knocking on your door giving you a fine. So although it's sort of, you know, looked down upon or frowned upon, people still do it. And so I want to get, you know, your take on how that is, how you see that and what you believe it should be and what what that should look like. And then also how that plays out in Australia. Great question, Steve. And yes, and I think too, you know, when I was purely personal training, I, um, I, again, I had a real passion for nutrition, as I'm sure a lot of personal trainers do, you know, I, I, you know, you can't really have a kick-ass diet without a kick-ass lifestyle. So I feel like they come together, don't they, hand in hand. And I do same thing, remember giving out um, not not so much rec- recommendations, but loose advice almost, you know, like, oh, this would pr- this is probably a better option for you rather than this, you know, those sorts of things. But it's so interesting because, and, and it's the same here in Australia, Steve, it's exactly the same, is there's no nutrition police knocking on our door to come and tell us off. Like you said, it's frowned upon. Um, but even 
even as a nutritionist, Steve, um, I'll, I'll, you know, it, it's not legislated here. So literally anyone can be handing out nutrition advice with no qualifications. And, you know, there's even six, you know, six, eight week courses that you can do and technically call yourself a nutritionist after mm. that. Um, and it may be the same over there for you guys, but dietitian, that one is legislated. So that means that you do have to do all the study and do your honours to actually become a registered qualified dietitian. But look, in regards to being a nutritionist, you know, it's slowly changing, thank goodness. And, you know, I'm constantly reminding even my clients that if you're serious about investing in your health, then you just need to do the research. You need to find, you know, a health professional who's qualified to work with you because, you know, we're all unique. A one size fits all when it comes to health. It's just not realistic. So my title, which is clinical nutritionist, it can only technically, though not legally, be obtained via tertiary or university study and completion. And, you know, I also think it's really important to, um, you know, for our listeners to kind of be aware that, you know, university qualified is really a minimum requirement when it comes to professional nutrition advice and you know I spent the first 18 months of my degree doing all the science subjects you know it was like human biology chemistry microbiology biochemistry we didn't even talk about food until I was nearly two years into my study and that's because it's really vital to have this understanding of the human body before we start to talk about food and its interactions with the body so it's so much more isn't it than just passing out dietary recommendations and advice there's so much more that goes into it before that even happens great point I think people miss the mechanistic factors what is actually going on in the body when you're taking in these foods and all of the synergistic components and, and these things, it's a lot more in depth than, than some people realize. And, and, and the biggest issue, and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but is, you know, you, you'll have a, you know, a 19 year old who's got great genetics, who just hasn't gone past the point of where hormones are working against you. And they're giving out nutrition advice based on n- like no other thing except their anecdotal experience. That's, that's just not how it works, right? A, a 63-year-old woman going through a, or post-menopause is not going to re- respond to the foods that you're going to respond to as a 19-year-old. Yes, exactly, Steve, and so well said. But I think, uh, you know, in this day and age now where things like social media play such a big role in all of our lives, it's really hard not to get sucked down a rabbit hole like that, is it? When aesthetically you see something so pleasing and you think, oh, well, if I just follow what they're doing, if they're selling me a 12-week program, why can't I look like that? You know, but like I said before, I feel like every single body is different. We're all unique. And that is why, you know, you know, if I try to diet and you try the same diet, every all of our results would be completely different. If there is one uh, thesis that pops up over and over and over in all my podcasts, it is that as our industries grow, health, fitness, nutrition, all of them sort of together, mm-hmm. there needs to be less of a big box approach, one size fits all, and we need to have more individuals. And, and that, that also starts with us as professionals, not, make, not trying to grow our businesses and scale at all times. It's okay to charge more and give more energy and effort to fewer people and really change their lives than just try to scale because you're you're sometimes you're you're doing yourself and your clients a disservice. 
Yes, I totally agree. And I think too, it's also important to note, isn't it? Like all the things that are underlying as well, you know, like I often have clients that will come to see me with very, let's say similar issues or perhaps even similar goals, but the approach to those goals or how we combat those depend entirely on things like their medical background, medical history, lifestyle, because like you said, it's just, you can't give the same tools to every single person because we're all different. So there's so many different things that we can touch here. Obviously, we're, we're already uh, passionate about these three or four things we hit on. But the title of this podcast is going to be something revolving around what you do, and that is a traveling health professional. So we're going to get right into that here. Explain your business model and how you came about it. Yes. Uh, now, I really like telling this story because it really did start off as this little idea and now it's a fully functioning dream come true. So it really does kind of go to show that you can do a lot if you put your mind to it. So I think my first idea start as all good ideas should, you know, fantasizing about how amazing it would be to travel around Australia for work, but also be able to do this family. Um, and I was close to my degree. Um, we have two young children. So I really wanted the flexibility of working for myself, but I just didn't love the idea of being tied to just one place. And our family isn't actually where we're located either. So we travel a lot regardless. But then this traveling idea, it got some heavy traction with my uh, my business partner or my husband. He, uh, we, we sort of created this concept of a portable nutrition clinic. And I think once that idea was in my head, it basically never left. And I just loved it. Um, I love the idea of being able to offer nutritional healthcare to regional and rural towns that don't actually have access to this type of healthcare. You know, like farmers in the middle of nowhere or, or mums who have young children and find it difficult to leave the house or maybe teens who want to leave the house. You know, I wanted to offer nutritional healthcare for anyone and everyone who wanted it. And, you know, I really do believe that it's a human right healthcare. It's not a privilege. So, during the development stages, I also wanted to offer a range of services that would maybe appeal to just a variety of people, you know, not only those one-on-one -on -one consultations, but family sessions. Um, I also do 20-minute taste testers. And in the early days, I had a lot of inquiries that were just, what does a nutritionist actually do? Do you just tell me what to eat? Um, and this kind of prompted me, you know, to, to I was thinking, how can I incorporate this into, um, you know, how can people get a taste for what I do without perhaps booking a session and paying the full fee if they weren't comfortable on doing that. So this actually prompted me to go to local markets and offer 20-minute express consultations at a really affordable price. So people got a taste test of what I offered, but they also walked away with some customised valuable nutrition advice. So, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I also do educational sessions for sporting and community groups, even schools and gyms. Um, you know, I do love the idea of reaching a whole heap of people in a short amount of time. So you, that kind of information is more from a general, it's a general, a general sense, but it's almost like the foundation. It's what everybody needs to know. It's like you can build lots of lovely, unique things from this same foundation. So um, the other thing that hooked me when I was sort of developing a traveling business was being able to have a touring schedule on my website. It sounds really corny when I say yep. it out loud, but, you know, just like the rock stars do, I think everybody wants to be a rock star, don't they, Steve? So I was stoked to have a touring schedule um, on my on my website, like fulfilling a fantasy of mine. So, uh, yeah, so being the director of the Traveling Nutrition Australia, it really does allow me to do deliver an important service, um, but to live the dream, or at least it sort of did before this uh, this pandemic hit. <laughs> Does your husband do something uh, alongside of the business that like uh, is incorporated with what you do? 
Uh, no, he's just a very handy man to have around. He's actually an engineer, but um, he is also one of my biggest supporters, which is great. That's what teamwork's all about, isn't it? But he's basically, yeah, my number one fan, but he's always the one that I bounce these ideas off and uh, help them grow, I guess. So kind of walk me through the process. If you were to go to a rural town and let's say you uh, people saw saw that Belinda was on tour in my town. So obviously everyone <laughs> wants to book Belinda being that she's on tour in their town. And then you have an appointment with, uh, let's call her Jane. And then <laughs> Jane wants to meet with you again. Is she doing this virtually or is she waiting until you come back to the city? Yeah, great question. Um, it depends. So because my touring schedule changes a lot, um, as you know, sometimes I'll, I can visit some towns, you know, once or twice a month. And then other times it could be a few months in between. It's really dependent on the touring schedule and also the demand of certain areas or certain towns. Um, but the good thing is I sort of I do run that schedule. So if I can see that there is a big demand in certain areas, I can come back a little more often than perhaps I would have if there wasn't. Um, but the good thing is, um, Steve, especially during times like this is, um, you know, challenging times always leads to innovation. So I offer a lot of telehealth appointments in between as well. So if I find, you know, that I'm not seeing clients as regularly as they would like to be seen, then that um, online platform is also there, which is helpful. But I do make sure too that, um, you know, if I'm seeing someone face to face that, um, you know, I leave them with a lot of tools because I think, you know, tools that, that really set them up for success, because as we all know, uh, as health professionals, but then also just as human beings, that barriers come up all the time. And it's really important to have tools or strategies to be able to overcome those just so you can continue on with your health goals, you know, because if it's not your number one priority, unfortunately, it's no one else's. So you really do need to make that effort. As somebody who's worked in fitness, do you believe that there could be a version of this that was more fitness oriented? Would that work? And how could you potentially foresee that? Yes, yes. I actually really like this question. And my answer is definitely a big yes to this. Um, because I think, you know, as a, as a personal trainer, um, it's, you know, it's really important, you're building that rapport, you're seeing clients often. So perhaps you wouldn't be able to see them as often as you would if you were working out of a studio uh, or a gym. But I remember one of my lecturers said to me when I was developing this idea of traveling, it was a great question. And she said to me, Belinda, how are you going to create some buzz in the towns that you're going to go and see? And I was like, and so this question, actually, I always ask it just before I'm about to go to a new town or build sort of new relationships, make some cold calls, you know, put yourself out there because it really is about giving everybody a unique experience that they, you know, that they really value. So then, yeah, that buzz is created, you know, so it's like, oh, yes, Belinda's coming back in a month beauty. I'm going to pop it into my diary, you know, those sorts of things. So I think from a personal training perspective, you're getting that one-on attention. So it's all about creating that buzz, offering something unique to clients that perhaps they don't have access to, or they haven't seen before. Um, and I think too, we were talking about this lovely online space, you know, be you could get really creative, couldn't you? You could have online communities, um, you know, especially bringing all your clients together as one where they throw questions in or workouts or challenges or whatever it is in between the times that you're going to see them. But the other thing too, I think even from a group fitness perspective, I think that is just another space that is really important um, because alone, you know, from a group fitness perspective, you're already bringing a community together. And especially when I think about 
rural and regional areas. There are towns that are very few and far between. They're like kilometres apart. But if you were coming to the same town once a month and everybody made that effort to come along together, you're actually building a little community of your own. And perhaps you're letting those people reach out to like-minded people that are close by and they didn't even realise they were there. So I just, I love the idea of, you know, bringing things to a town that perhaps they don't have access to. So like group fitness, and that's I mean, that's so much fun anyway, isn't it? It's creating, it's a beautiful buzz on its own. So, I mean, if you were sort of able to offer that, I feel like you could be really successful. But I think the buzz keeps coming up, Steve. That's probably the most important thing, isn't it? It's like creating that buzz. How can you do it? The unique experience. Yeah, uh, you you took the words out of my mouth. I think (laughs) in personal training, it can be done. You'd have to create the buzz and you'd have to have something very unique. Maybe you would even have multiple personal trainers and it would be sort of like a small group thing where you'd have like, you know, Tom, the personal trainer who does all body weight stuff. And then Susie, the personal trainer who does all kettlebell stuff. And there's almost like a, you know, you don't know who's going to be in town. Is it going to be Susie or Tom this week? But I do think group fitness works better in that realm because Mm -hmm. obviously with more people, the buzz spreads faster, right? You play that game of telephone. Oh, I went to this class. There's a big traveling bus that comes through and they come, they hop off and we do this fitness class and they go to the next city. There is somebody who does this um, in Canada, Her name is Mia St. Alban. She's actually been on the podcast and it's called Move Camp Canada. And it's all body weight stuff. And it started at the capital in Canada. And then then she started just making it bigger and and moving around. And it's group fitness, right? This outdoors stuff. But it's also like very tied to fundraising and like local businesses and that sort of thing. And that's how she creates her buzz is it's not just like, let's get in shape it's let's also like raise money for like a local cause. And then in addition to that, they get group fitness instructors from the area to come when they, so get what I'm saying. So like, yeah. yeah, so like Mia would be the only one who's traveling from city to city to city. And then inside of those cities, they recruit locals from the area to help run these boot camps and things. Yeah, I love that too, isn't it? Because you've got faces that you recognize in a community that you know, attracting everybody out to this one place. It's so inclusive. I love the idea. I love that there's the idea of raising funds as well. Like it's it's for a great cause. I mean, your health is like, it, that's the bonus, you know, like that, that that's the bonus that comes out of an event like that. What a great idea. So what are some of the benefits. And then also, let's be honest, what are some of the downsides to being in a traveling business? Yes, I love there's always two sides to the story, Steve. So we'll kick it off. I reckon let's go for the benefits first. (laughs) Um, I think probably one of the most obvious ones maybe is that you get to see new places and meet new people. And I love this because every town is really this gorgeous functioning community. And in my experience, they really do welcome you in. I've met so many people from all walks of life and seen lovely towns and landscapes that I may have never seen if I wasn't traveling. So that's probably one of the best ones purely from a personal (laughs) point of view. Um, But then the other thing too, and I mentioned earlier that it really is my schedule, as selfish as that sound, but that's nice, isn't it? As a business owner, you can be a little bit selfish, but ultimately this business and this touring plan really does work for me and my family. So I can ride it as I see fit. And some journeys are short and sweet. And then you've got others that are a little bit more intense depending on the demand. But again, I'm I'm in control of that. So I like that. And it has taken me a little while to, to say no. I'm very much a yes person. So if people are like, oh, you're coming back? And I'll say yes before I've even worked 
it out. And so in the beginning, I was, you know, spreading myself a little thin, whereas now I'm perhaps a little bit more confident to be like, oh, I'm not coming back quite now. Let's do a telehealth or I'll see you in three weeks, you know. So it is important to sort of bear your own health in mind when this is happening. Um, But the other thing too is gaining real life experience. You know, I think in this day and age, we're really lucky to have so much access to the world via the internet. But, you know, real life experience is the best. I think every time I'm on the road, you know, traveling to different places, I'm learning new things. And some aren't as glamorous as others, you know, like changing a flat tire in the middle of nowhere. Um, But I also find that time on the road, it really sparks creativity, you know, like, um, new podcast episodes or presentation topics for groups and the people I meet and the places um, I see really take me out of my comfort zone sometimes. But these are the experiences that I really do learn from the most. But I think the other thing that I really enjoy about, um, you know, getting out on the road and seeing so many different people is it really keeps me on my toes as a health professional. You know, I might specialise in a particular area or a few particular areas, but that doesn't mean that's all I can focus on because I see such a wide variety of people. The health concerns and issues are vast. So I'm almost like a like a GP, you know, like I'm a general nutritionist because I have to be. I'm, I'm seeing so many different clients. So I think there, um, but I, I look at that as a, I look at that as a benefit I think because it really does uh, keep keep me on my toes in that regard. But in terms of um, challenges, um, and I think it's because you always learn challenges, so we always have to look at these, um, you know, from from a learning perspective, even though at the time they seem uh, perhaps not so much. Um, But I think it definitely requires a lot of organisation and preparation. And, you know, it's not as easy as jumping into the van and saying, well, where are we off to? You know, there's a lot that needs to happen for hitting the road and doing all of the organisation and preparation. It really makes for a smoother, more enjoyable and all round more successful trip. And I think tying that sort of organisation in is, is really about being proactive And just like any small business owner will tell you, being proactive is really a key ingredient to success. And I find this to be true, especially when traveling, because it is a lot about building relationships and trialing new things, you know, like cold calling like-minded businesses to see if they're interested in working together and, you know, making a real effort in a new community. Um, So when I was discussing this idea with one of my lecturers, I was saying to you before, you know, she's talking about buzz, buzz, how can you create this buzz? And again, that is the thing that I always ask myself. And again, it's all about being proactive because you can't have the buzz if you don't put in the hard work. You can't just show up unorganized and not knowing what you're doing because there's no buzz there. The buzz really comes from being organized and being proactive and really building those relationships. Um, I think the other real challenge that I found, especially in the early days, was budgeting. And this is a safe space, Steve, so I know that I can be honest here, um, is that, you know, you really have to be on top of this, don't you, to make sure that you have, especially I feel like when traveling, um, you need an emergency stash for anything that pops up unexpectedly and it often does. I think having a risk budget is something that I do highly recommend because when you're on the road, you never know what might happen and it's just best to be prepared for anything. (laughs) That's great information. Yeah, you wouldn't think of that in your general brick and mortar business. Of course, people have, you know, backup reserves, but the unanticipated things you're looking for are much different than when you're traveling out on the road. I I, I do feel like, you know, there's a few things you said I want to touch on, but I I do feel like busy people are successful people. And if you're traveling and you always have to look one city ahead, two cities ahead, one day, two, three or four days ahead, every second matters and every hour matters. And you're putting all of that energy into the right places. Whereas in 
if you're maybe in a brick and mortar and you can just put your feet up on your desk and take an hour, uh, that's that sort of spirals out of control. And then before you know it, nothing gets done for the day. And you 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 were waiting for people to come to you instead of you go to them. Yeah, that's so true. And I think too, because you've only got sort of short amount of times, depending on the traveling or touring schedule, you're so right. That time that you do have is really, um, you know, you have to make the most of that time. So you really do, you know, and I think you're so right. I, I have the rest when we come back from touring, you know, that's when I can put my feet up at the desk for sure. And I do, but definitely, you know, during the time, every minute counts, every, every relationship counts, every interaction is important. Every client is important. Even the the lady at the local cafe who's getting me, you know, my chai, she's important because I'll probably see her again soon. And, you know, I think every interaction is important, especially when we're talking about, you know, small towns, small communities, rural areas, um, all that. I mean, it is. It's just really important. And it does. It, it takes a lot of energy, but it's it's really great energy. I, don't, I never feel too exhausted after it because I think it's that lovely, calm energy that comes along with human interaction. <laughs> You, we talked about this on the, maybe the last podcast, you never know who, who is going to be your golden ticket. And I, and I don't mean that in a way where like, you should be fake nice to people because they can help you out down the road. You should be nice to people because you should be nice to people, but you never, you never know when that one relationship that you built can be honestly the, you know, the, the igniter, the catalyst to the rest of your career. So don't take anything for granted. Don't assume that you know who this person is or that they can't help you or that you shouldn't help them for any reason. And then I, you know, I just wanted to add something else. Earlier on, you talked about how you did these more sort of what you called like foundational kind of blanket things where you charge less and you talk about this. And I think sometimes personal trainers, you know, they'll do this online and it, it, it doesn't, it's not effective because if, if everyone is doing it online, so it doesn't seem like there is no buzz, right? No one's going to be like, oh, can you believe this personal trainer told me the best way to do a push-up online? There's, you're not going to create any buzz if you have 600 uh, Instagram followers. How you do that is you do it in person and you do it for free sometimes. You do free assessments, right? So if you're a personal trainer, you can go out maybe to a town, maybe to a town that you travel to and that you're not from, and you let everyone know you're doing you're doing these free whatever assessments, right? You'll do a strength assessment or like a golf rotational assessment or whatever it is that's that's in your niche. And you meet and greet and people come over. Maybe they sign their emails in order to get the assessment. So you have some email capture thing going on and you can build your business that way. But, you know, use, you know, use those experiences for, you know, when you're not booked and your time isn't really worth anything yet because you're just starting your career, give some things away for free. Yes, you just took the words out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was going to say is to be able to give some of yourself away because I feel like the you know, and, and it's not an immediate, doesn't come back to you straight away, but I am a firm believer in, you know, you get in what you put out. So if you're putting out, you know, if you're really, like you said, using your niche and be, you know, helping people, even if it's in very small ways, you know, when I first started this business, the markets was one of the first things that I did do. Um, and I, I felt like that. So even though I was only seeing people for 20 minutes, I was still kind of giving as customized as I could in that amount of time. But I found that I was able to gain clients out of those experiences because they got a taste test. 
they put a few of the uh, recommendations into action and found that they were able to benefit from those. And then they, they came back because they were like, this is great, this worked. I didn't know this is what you did. I didn't think this could help me this much. You know, even little things, like make sure you're having two litres of water a day. That is like a game changer for so many people and something you can do right now. It's easily accessible for, you know, most of us, which is great. Um, You know, just those little things. And again, I'm a firm believer in the small things making a big difference, Steve. So I think I, I totally agree with you by putting out you know and like you said even sometimes if it is just for free um people are greatly appreciative of, of as well of your knowledge and and you know like you said before you never know who your golden ticket is going to be and as long as you stay true to you and you're authentic in the relationships and the rapport that you sort of build I feel like it can only work in your favor from a business perspective definitely now I would be remiss to let you go without actually asking you some nutritional related questions here, right? Your business is obviously very cool and interesting. And that's, that was the lion's share of the podcast, but we have to get into some nutrition here. And what I really want to focus on is when, when I went to your website, which is fantastic, by the way. Um, Thank you. And you had uh, a section that talked about uh, microbiome testing. And I know that has been sort of maybe the last four or five years, at least sort of in, in, in my circle has been something that's been talked about more. I think the first time I ever heard it was Dr. Rhonda Patrick on the Joe Rogan podcast talked about how important it is to have healthy gut biome. And before you know it, everyone's you know buying broccoli sprouts at the store and, <laughs> and eating all this fermented food. But uh, tell, tell me exactly why it's important, how it's done. Just give me the 411 on, on your testing. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, so microbiome testing for those of you who don't know, so it's part of a group called functional testing. So functional tests are really used to help nutritionists and other healthcare practitioners to identify underlying causes of illnesses. So, you know, our bodies are communicating with us all the time through symptoms, you know, these little messages that our bodies like to give us to let us know that something isn't quite right. You know, it could be dry skin, it could be acne, um, stomach pains, indigestion, all these beautiful little messages that our body is giving us. So functional testing gives us this great measure of what's actually going on inside so we can take the guesswork out because there are lots of reasons why these certain things can pop up but functional testing pretty much it's almost like cheating it gives us the answer which is really nice but um so it can include things like blood uh, stool urine saliva or hair samples to provide information about a variety of body systems you know things like metabolic system uh, hormones gastrointestinal immune and endocrine now microbiome testing so if you see a nutritionist regularly or you know one, you'll know that we absolutely love working with the gut. It's generally referred to as our second brain, but I'm sure that most nutritionists will argue that it's the first brain. Um, but to answer this question, Steve, um, let's make our way to the stomach and the small intestine. So I'm sure that, like you mentioned before, a lot of us have heard of the microbiome or even the microbiota or even gut flora. But if you haven't, just quickly, so the gut microbiome is this complex and dynamic community of trillions of microorganisms that reside in our digestive tract. So these microorganisms, they actually begin to colonize or establish straight after birth, and they continue to develop, grow, and change throughout our lives. Now, there's many factors that can influence the gut microbiome, including things like age, diet, uh, medications, illness, stress, lifestyle, uh, most things that we do. Um, but here's an interesting fact. So microbes in our gut actually outnumber our body cells by more than 10 times. So if we put that into perspective, it's estimated that the human body contains around 
30 trillion cells. And my brain really struggles to even fathom that number. But the bottom line is that maintenance of a balanced microbial ecosystem is really crucial for our gut and our overall general health. Now, let's enter microbiome testing. So microbiome testing or mapping is really designed to assess a patient's microbiome, so the microbes that reside in our gut. So it's a non-invasive test, um, generally a single stool sample, and this actually measures gut function and the microbes that are influencing our health. So it can give um, indicators of digestion, absorption, inflammation, and immune function. Uh, there's some really common conditions that microbiome mappings use to identify, uh, and, and I would often recommend this for people who are coming in and don't actually know what's going on. And if we can't figure it out together, then I would often recommend microbiome testing because it can actually identify things like autoimmune diseases, leaky gut, uh, even weight management issues. If people are having issues either putting on weight or losing weight and, and we can't work out why, then we'll turn to microbiome testing. Uh, it can identify allergies, uh, both food and environment, which is pretty cool. Uh, irritable bowel syndrome, bloating, fatigue, even mood and anxiety, um, diarrhea, constipation. It's, um, it, you know, it's basically just a great insight into what's going on in our insides. <laughs> do you have to do some sort of blood draw? on site no i don't um it's actually it's all um it's all from the comfort of your own home so it's um all of the testing is done outside of my clinic the only things i generally do is i can do urine samples um and uh some other sort of physical examinations but most like anything that's done from a clinical perspective so like mm -hmm. blood um yeah even um and stool and things so blood can be done just at a regular um, clinic, but mm -hmm. then um, stool and stuff is done from the comfort of your own home, but all sent off. So you actually get the kit and send it all off. Um, but then the results kind of come back through me. So I'm able to do the assessment before we have a chat because I think that's the other good thing about, um, you know, results, even things like blood tests. I generally ask my clients to have some blood tests either before they see me or during our time together um, because I'm not sure what it's like over there in the States, Steve, but generally here, um, if you're going off to see GP or your doctor, you will only have a 15-minute uh, appointment generally and they don't have a lot of time to go through things, you know. So they're looking for anything that's flagged, anything that's bold, anything that's outside the reference ranges either end. Whereas for me, I have the luxury of a little bit more time so I can actually look at the test um, in a little bit more detail. So I don't only look for the things outside of the reference ranges. I'll be looking for things in the lower or the higher end as well. Because sometimes, I mean, if I had a dollar for every time a client came in and said, oh, I'm feeling like this, but my blood tests are fine, you know, I'd have a lot of dollars, I think, because I would generally look at those blood tests and see, you know, like they might be in the lower end of the reference range. Like let's say iron, for example, is generally a big one, especially with females. Um, you know, they're in the lower end of the iron, but it hasn't been flagged. But low end iron will still give you a whole lot of symptoms like fatigue, exhaustion. There's so many things that are linked to iron that, uh, you know, if we could just fix that from a dietary perspective, a lot of those symptoms disappear. So again, it's just about, it gives us this lovely insight because we can do things like that without knowing if it's iron, but it's always really lovely to know. It just takes the guesswork out. And again, we look to the science, don't we, Steve, always. And, and to the individual, like we've been talking about this whole time, because yeah. it's not only important, I'm, I'm sort of a lab nut. It's not only important that we look at labs based on the criterion in which they give us 
you need to be between this and this, it's important to compare your labs to your past labs. So if, if I have a hematocrit that's typically at some level for 20 years, and then it drops or rises substantially, but I'm still in between you know, the quote unquote, you know, acceptable limit. Well, there could still be something wrong because out of nowhere, I had a shift in a number. So I think that is important to compare ourselves to ourselves and not just to some, you know, to, in, to fall in between two numbers they give us. Yes, absolutely. Uh, very well said too. And it's nice because generally when we're getting these tests, it does show you, doesn't it, past tests as well. So it's really lovely. You are able to, to make that comparison. And again, if you're not qualified to do that, it's really nice because you can seek obviously health advice and health professionals who are qualified to do that. And I do think it's really important when we're looking at an overall health umbrella to know what's going on on the inside, even if it's just a simple full blood count. That can tell us a lot about what's going on, even from an inflammatory standpoint. So I do think, you know, things like microbiome testing, all these functional tests, they definitely have a place, you know, within um, the nutritional consultation and the wider healthcare community. But again, Steve, like you said before, it's, it's not for everyone, you know, like so, some people don't, like sometimes I can treat you know, well, without, you know, without any of these functional tests, it's really uh, an ind- it would go on an individual basis. Belinda, this has been fantastic information. Where can the audience find more about you, your business, or maybe even reach out to you directly if they have questions about uh, maybe becoming a traveling personal trainer? Yeah, great. And I hope they do, Steve. That'd be great. I'd love to answer any questions. So uh, you can follow me and my nutrition road trips on both Instagram and Facebook. It's just at the Traveling Nutritionist Australia. Uh, you can download my free ebook uh, and also uh, my nutrition emotional eating journal from my website. You can read about my services. You can download my podcast from there. Uh, it's just www.thetravelingnutritionistaustralia.com. Uh, hopefully, I'll see you out there on the road at some stage, Steve. If I can, uh, if I can fly, fly across the world. <laughs> well, if I ever end up in Australia, I'd like to join your tour. You can put me uh, underneath, and I will, uh, oh. I will assist in any way I can. I love it. Special guest. I'm sure that'll create some buzz. Thanks so much, Belinda. I hope to have you on a podcast down the road. So great to be here. Thanks again, Steve. Thanks for joining us on the Truly Fit Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review on your listening platform, and feel free to email us. We'd love to hear from you. Social at trulyfit.app. Thanks again.